My name is Matt Brown. I just wanted to get the gang together early in my tenure to say, uh, yo. And let's start the show. We won on pattern. I love blood. Everybody, the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, April 26, 2023, and we have a very special, very entertaining, and outright awesome podcast for you. Jake Kozak, our friend from the Bronx Zoo, is making his return. One of the biggest Yankee fans in the world and is starting to bring together the biggest Yankee fan club around the Bronx Zoo. We're going to catch up with him, talk some Yankees, see what he's up to, and give you nothing but quality entertainment for the next hour but before we get into all that i just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the productive conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and youtube and don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all our social media platforms we're on instagram at productive conversations podcast twitter at prod combo pod we're on tiktok at productive conversations and look up Productive Conversations on Facebook and look me up, Matt Brown, digital creator on Facebook as well. So as we are getting ready for the big NFL draft and don't forget... This Thursday, we are doing our second Productive Conversations live stream, the Productive Cast, where we are live streaming the NFL Draft, the first round, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Check us out on YouTube, search Productive Conversations, and we will be live streaming all night. It's going to be great. But as we take a little break from the football, as we are witnessing a very fun postseason in the world of the NHL and NBA, I mean, first of all, the NBA with what the Knicks are doing, just one win away. Hopefully we could clinch in Cleveland tonight. If not, this weekend, let us seal the deal and cap it off. Game six, Madison Square Garden. It's going to be a lot of fun. Check us out next week as we check in with the NBA playoffs. We check in with the productive NBA crew and we review the first round and look ahead to the second round. And especially with Giannis's injury, things might look very different than what we have seen. And it could be anybody's championship to grab. This is going to be great. Then we have the NHL, you know, really focusing on the Devils and Rangers. As we are recording, the Islanders are playing for their life right now, leading 2 nothing against Carolina at the time of this record. Let's see if they can put a fight and pull off the 3-1 to comeback. And then we have the Rangers and Devils going head-to-head. Looked like it was the Rangers series to win, and then with their backs against the wall, in the world's most famous arena, the New Jersey Devils pull off two improbable victories and tie the series going into the rock and they are going to play game five starting on thursday night so that's going to be intense and you know what else i mean again the nhl and nba playoffs have been fun as a whole kings and warriors has been a fun series to watch i mean they're really battling it out 
what's going on in the Western Conference with teams like the Kraken and the Avalanche making a push for the NHL. Oh, yeah, and did you hear about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets? No big deal. Looks like he officially gets introduced to the team on Thursday. And hallelujah, this is going to be clearly, clearly one of the most intriguing football seasons, especially in the tri-state area, where the Giants are coming off a special season they had, and the Jets made arguably the biggest acquisition in their franchise history, and they are completely turning the NFL upside down with this move. I'm sure we will get into that and plenty more during our productive cast this Thursday as we live stream the NFL draft. But that's what's going on in the other major league sports. You know, PGA and Liv are going head-to-head. PGA being formal. Liv looks like they're just partying it up and uh, playing the great game of golf. And, you know, in other news, Tucker Carlson gets the boot from Fox News. Don Lemon gets the boot from CNN. Uh, the Barbie movie is coming up before you know it. I saw they posted their publicity photos. Uh, we have a lot of big movie trailers dropping. I mean, Timothy Chalamet's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory reboot is coming out. <laughs> Let's see how that adaption is portrayed. And then, yeah, we have a UFC event coming in the next couple of weeks. We're going to cover our first UFC event soon. Uh, the world of professional wrestling is getting intense. WWE's having a draft, and they bring in a new world heavyweight championship. Lots of stuff going on as we head into the month of May, and the month of May is going to be extremely busy for this show as we are not only covering the NBA playoffs, covering our first UFC event, UFC 288 Sterling versus Kehudo. We might even get into the NHL playoffs, especially if the Rangers make a run. But we're also bringing in a lot of new guests and new faces to this show, both in person and through our Zoom, where we start with Jeterman 1 next week. Then we have YouTuber Perez coming on, fashion influencer Celeste, Abra Ali's coming on. I mean, there's a lot of stuff taking place over the next couple of months. We have our final show in April on Thursday, and we're going to live, like I said, we're going to live stream the NFL draft on Thursday. Then we are going to put it in a podcast form, and then you'll be able to see the stream on our YouTube page. So this will be the final official podcast of April, and it's a really good one. So that wraps up some of the announcements and what to expect for the next few weeks and the next few months for the show. So let's focus on today's episode. My next guest is the founder and creator of of the greatest Yankee fan group around. Jake Kozak of the Brock Zoo is making his return to the Productive Conversations podcast. You may have seen Jake come on in August as he talked about creating this fan group, why he goes and interviews Yankee fans before and after Yankee games, not only at Yankee Stadium, but we have seen him interview them in Tampa at the Yankee Spring Training Facility. We've seen him in Boston, go to Fenway Park. I'm sure... He is planning to travel all throughout and talk to the greatest fans in the world, the Yankee fans. What Jake has done in the past couple of years is starting to really get some notoriety. And he went from a TMZ correspondent to now being the voice of the Yankee fans. And he's only getting started. I can't wait to learn more about what he's doing and see where he's going. And hopefully he stays in touch with us because he's a really cool guy. I really enjoy talking to him. 
And I hope we see him going higher and higher and higher. So let's catch up with Jake. Let's talk some Yankees. Let's talk some content creation. And let's see where else his head is at on other things in this world. But the great Jake Gozak is coming on once again. It's your turn, Jake. Let's talk all things Bronx Zoo and the Yankees. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Look at who we have here, everybody. My next guest is making his return to the Productive Conversations podcast. He is the creator and founder of the Brock Zoo, the number one Yankee fan club in the entire world, and it's only growing from there. So it's a great time to catch up with the great Jake Kozak of the Brock Zoo. Jake, great to see you again, buddy. Matt, great to be back on. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. So this is our first time we spoke since August. I feel like a lot has changed already in that short amount of time, both personally, professionally. So yep. why don't we just start it off with how you doing, what you've been up to, what regarding with you personally and the brand first, and then we can uh, let that branch off into yeah. some other things. Yeah, look, I mean, since we talked, uh, the Bronx Zoo has, uh, I feel like, doubled, I mean, in popularity. Yeah. Uh, and the fan base and followers and things like that. Uh, we we had an amazing end of the year last year. It did not end how we wanted, so I can't mm-hmm. say it was spectacular. But uh, the for for a personal brand aspect, the Bronx Zoo uh, thrived in the playoffs. <laughs> um, the the mm-hmm. late September push with Aaron Judge going for sixty two, and then when we um, I I traveled uh, to Cleveland, I traveled to Houston. Um, I could give you some insight there. I, I told the fans that I, I would do anything to make sure I was at every game. And when I said anything, uh, I meant that. And, uh, you know, we, we did, we went seven, uh, we went Tuesday when, when Aaron judge was chasing 62, we went to, uh, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday game. And yeah. I had a travel in between then, but I made we were at every game and he didn't hit it, but we were That's there. Right it so that was that was the end of september and then he hit it away uh so by the time right uh, against texas and yep in, in in texas and uh you know we ended up going to the the game it was against baltimore uh but he still didn't do it at home so uh that was the end of the year and it, it i was i was getting tired i was getting a little mm-hmm. uh, run down i think you could say but i knew that the playoffs were coming so i had a little bit of time before we started the alds because of the wild card had right. a couple of days um to kind of get healthy and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> just bring me back now to a i mean when i tell you october was uh arguably the greatest three weeks of my life it it, mm-hmm. it was so fun last year uh we uh and it was a lot of work. Uh, we we started um, at home game one, which happened to be on my birthday, October 11th. Uh, my sister really, yep. It was uh, my birthday is in October, so I think that's pretty fitting. Isn't that as meant to be as it can? And correct me yep. if I'm wrong. You were you said you were born in 1996, right? I was. So like literally right in that. I don't want to say I'm the reason. I, I don't <laughs> want to say it, but I, it's pretty coincidental. Uh, do, you, I mean, do you happen to know if they played the playoff game that day? So um, I do know that during the World Series, my dad had me on his lap and I was up and awake watching the game. So that's what they tell me. That counts. That, that I was up and they said I was watching that screen. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so game one, we won. Uh, it was a very, very 
uh, crazy crowd outside. Crazy in a, a positive way. I don't want right. to out of control. It was just a, a large, large crowd. And the crowds were growing. Then we went back for game two. And I brought my bags with me because I had to go straight to Cleveland. Game mm-hmm. two, we lost. Uh, still, yep. still got some good stuff out of it. You know, optimistic stuff. But I, you know, as you know, I did the entire Bronx Zoo on my own, uh, on my own dime, on all of it, uh, my own money. So I was trying to save where I could. So I took, I bought a bus ticket to Cleveland, <laughs> and I got to the bus Dedication. station. 11 30 at night and they canceled my bus i went uh what and i I looked at flights and it was like four times the amount of money if i had to do it i would have done it but i found that one more train that i would i would have missed game three so instead of doing game three we already lost so i knew it wouldn't be the the game we clinched or anything i said okay there's going to be a game four got on that train of course, it got delayed. We stopped in Albany, Syracuse, Buffalo. I got to Cleveland at, um, I know this might be a little bit long-winded. I'm just trying to describe Oh, no, no. Keep going, man. I We pay for the uh, limited Zoom for a reason, and I'm enjoying it, so keep going. So, uh, we got to Cleveland. At, this is the first time I think I'm fully telling the story on, on, a, on a show, too. So we got to right. Cleveland at 4 a.m. It was a 14-hour train ride. Um I didn't sleep, of course, because I had to watch Clark Schmidt blow that game. Mm-hmm. I remember, I was, I remember, I was there too. I was on a bad, for, what was it bad? A first date that didn't work out, yep. and when I was paying for it, and then I literally see on the corner of my eye, wow, they really blew this. What a great night! Yeah, it was, <laughs> and it really like at that point, I'm, you know, you're not, you don't want, I, you believe in the team, but we're down two one. I'm on my way to Cleveland. I couldn't sleep, so I didn't sleep for. I believe I think I got about 40 minutes of sleep, maybe an hour within a 40 hour span because I got to Cleveland at 4 a.m. I thankfully I knew the city of Cleveland. I knew where I could where I where I should check out, where I could mm-hmm. kind of hang out. But the game wasn't till oh seven o'clock at night. So I went to, uh, if you know, Cleveland, there was the city center and then there was a Starbucks that finally opened at nine. I'm kind of, I slept a little bit in the train station and then I went Mm. to a Starbucks and fell asleep there at the table for about 19 minutes. Um, I ended up going to city center. I'm like, all right, not going to sleep. I guess here I walk around, wait, I had a, uh, this is this was cool. I had a camera guy uh, that was just a fan of the zoo. I put on, hey, I need help in Cleveland. Can someone come help me? And, and he just happened to be there, huh? Matt Eppley took the two-hour drive from Toledo, Ohio, to come help the Bronx Zoo out. So that that's the type of fans we got. So we um, that's what I love to hear. Kind of wrap this up. I waited twelve hours for that game to start. Finally, did the game. We watched the. I we did it before the game. The zoo watched the game started raining then we win that game four which means the yankees play in the bronx the next day oh yes i i jump out that bus at 1 a.m in cleveland i get to pittsburgh at 6 a.m i transfer i take a stop in philly by noon i am in newark new jersey by around four o'clock i get to new york at five i take a i i i brush my teeth and stuff in like a chipotle kind of get ready (laughs) Go straight to Yankee Stadium. The game gets rain delayed till the yeah. next day for Game Five. So, kind of gave me some leeway because I had a I had my flight booked with my, one of my best friends, Eddie, to Houston. Mm-hmm. So, do the game the next day. 
get to uh, Yankee. Well, my sister, shout out Kayla, helped bring me. I had to get my stuff for Houston, met her on uh, White Plains, New York. Then I went down to the stadium and game five happens. And when I tell you it was the most magical night ever, game five, the crowd that, you know, kind of built up for the Bronx Zoo, it felt like an accumulation of all the hard work. I mean, we had thousands of people chanting with us. and That's it, right. And it was a day game too. Get an old was a school vibe. That ended at seven. So it was still nighttime when the game ended. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I I, uh, I think it worked out perfectly, but it was a big crowd. And then uh, we hung out in Billy's. But from there, jump on a flight at Houston, to Houston at 6 a.m. So where do we sleep? The airport. So that was that kind of days. And then, of course, we don't want to talk about that series. We lost mm-hmm. it and all. But uh, we got oh, to sweet. Houston, got some great stuff out there. Um, and uh, now we're back. Opening day, Bronx. Look at that, Jake. Well, we appreciate you sharing that. And we're definitely getting some good reels from this story for sure. And wow, your your dedication is admirable, Jake. And let me ask, I know you mentioned you were really tired and exhausted, but what did you have inside you to keep pushing through for all this and, you know, sleeping in possible unknown places? Like, what if there was an evil Houston fan who was going to kidnap you and then restart the uh, the Houston jungle or something? Like, you know, what keeps you in, so inside you to keep moving like that? You were saying? Yeah, in Houston, we, we had a hotel. So I was, oh, okay. that was good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, Cleveland... Um, so it's actually funny. I was in Phil. I was in Philadelphia the weekend before. So I was in Philly, Houston, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. New York. That whole month of October, I had to do something something uh, separate from the zoo in Philadelphia, um, which was really cool. And I ended up taking uh, Amtrak down. I took a bus down Amtrak back, and I ended up having a lot of time to kill. And those who know me, I love Philadelphia because Rocky's my favorite movie in the world. And I oh, think yeah. I'm Rocky in real life. So um, I ended up, I was at the Rocky steps. I walked around, um, went to uh, Gino's, which uh, a couple weeks later, I went back mm-hmm. to Philly. Shout out Gino's uh, cheesesteaks. I walk up to the window and someone goes, Jake, Bronx Zoo? And I, I was just like, the Bronx Zoo? And I was mind blown that someone knew yeah. me. Yeah. It totally shocked me. Um, so shout out Geno's. But um, I walked around that whole day, and then I I got uh, for the first time I've been to the Rocky Steps a bunch. So I get back uh, at night uh, to the Rocky Steps, which is something I never did. And uh, mm. you, you tie this into the motivation. I had for the first time in my life the entire staircase to myself, oh. and not a single person was there for about ten minutes. And I'm standing at the top. Not a person in sight, not many cars going by and had a lot of time to reflect on everything that happened up until that point before the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. And I went into that playoffs and I said, I've worked very hard. Um, you know, people know that it, 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 people know. And I, I know the zoo knows that we're working hard. Um, but I said to myself, I, I truly don't want to be someone who was is doing this and then just forgotten about. I would want to mm. make this something that's a staple. From the beginning, I, I've had the zoo in my mind as a staple, as much as uh, anything you've ever seen in Monument Park, I want to be the staple outside of uh, the stadium. So I just was, I got a lot of time to look, you know, into myself and say, you know what? I had the tiger, baby, let's get this done. And uh, I said, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be uh running on fumes and when i got to cleveland like four in the morning i had my headphones on just started eye of the tiger on repeat uh literally and i think there's a video of me uh in, in the 
Cleveland Amtrak station, just I, the tiger, I wanted to win. And that, 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 that hunger, that desire, it, it's just my love of the team and my love of, uh, you know, plain and simple. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't want it. I don't want it to fail. Uh, I'm not I don't have plan B's. I've never had a plan B in my life. I think it's pointless. It means that you don't believe in your plan A. And for me to know that the Bronx Zoo was successful, uh, I needed it to to continue to thrive and even follow up on that in the offseason, which I think we did very well. Uh, with meeting a lot of Yankees, a lot of players. Um, That's right. Saw so you at the various conventions. Um, yep. in... Baseball camps, just in time. Baseball camp. Shout out. Um, so that that's where it all comes from. You know that that I have. It never turns off. You know, I, I, my mind's. Uh, I can't go out and have a just a good time like anyone else. It, it, in the back of my mind, it's why am I not doing something to further uh, the zoo? I you can ask anyone that. It's always running in the back of my mind. Yeah, and we could really show from your passion and your ambiance and the vibe you're giving that this is true. And you're really showing what if it's really meant to be and that it's okay. You know, you know, what I, I I share similar passion with what I want to do, productive conversations and making this a legitimate brand. I'm sure you especially could connect with this, but the way you know, somebody asked me recently what keeps you motivated, I say I'm like a racehorse. If you notice, racehorses have their eyes closed usually or covered when they're running because they only focus running straight and they don't care about the other horses. That's really what people like us have to do. doesn't matter what the other people are doing. Like in my case, influencers or content creators or you as well for other people trying to create a fan base. And it's just knowing you. Yeah. And that, um, I forgot where I heard that from, but it's always stuck with me and it'll forever stick with me. And I appreciate speaking with someone like-minded like that. Absolutely. I could see it in you. I mean, you, you've reached out multiple times. I like your background, like I said before. <laughs> and Thank uh, you, man. I mean, I that, that, you bring up a good point. Um, you know, not focusing on what's on the other side of you running straight. And I think that's really important as well. Um, I think Yankee content creators, there are so many great ones. Oh, yeah. And I'm never worried about like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta beat another person out. I gotta make sure I'm doing better than this person. Everyone can do well. I'm, I'm not here to. I, I will, everyone should succeed, but I want to make sure that I'm doing something different. I want to be unique. Right. And I'm never worried about what's happening around. I feel like you. There's so many, you know, podcasts out there, right? So it's like we can't. There's too much to be worried about at this point. There might be for sure trying to to join in the game, but there's room for everyone. But there's only, in my opinion. There, there's room for everyone, but the, the the great stuff stands out when you're you're really focused on just trying to be the best that you can be, so. right? And and making your own loyal audience too. Yep. And as long as you you know, of course, who wouldn't love to have like you know Joe Rogan numbers or part of my take? And you know, is that's definitely not impossible either. But as long as you focus on yourself and have your core growing like that. It's going to pan out. And as long as you're having fun with it and improving your worth and, again, just focusing on your own path and don't focus on the other ones because it will drive you nuts. And especially, you you know, once we're growing and when you have internet commenters for the first time, like this first time when I really like covered the NFL season, saw a lot of feedback that was just the internet trolls. And like really the first time, like we had one video hit about 50,000 views. It was a failed Super Bowl prediction. And it was the first, it was mostly Kansas City fans just, just destroying 
me and my collaborators. And it was the first time like I really, wow, this is some horrible stuff. But then I realized, wow, this, this shows that we're doing it right. And if I have some random person in Kansas City trying to bring me down, how are we going to move forward with it? I'm sure you've... Um, have found a similar path with not only getting all this great positive feedback, but I'm sure you've got on the other side too, because it's only natural part of the game. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And people know, um, you know, there's, I've never had a bad interaction on the zoo once. I, I really haven't. And mm-hmm. even in Houston and other cities, I mean, people like, trolling me in person, but um, I, I, I get tons of, of, I guess you would call it hate, but I, yeah, I, don't, I truly I mean, ever since I was a kid, I never cared what other people thought. I, I still don't care what other people think. I care what I think of myself. And I, I know when I'm doing this, that I'm trying to be a great person to everyone. It's all in good fun. It's all in good humor. I like to be funny. I try to be funny. Um, and I, I think know you pull it off. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> I try to. Uh, I, I, first and foremost, I want to be known as a good guy. I want to be a, a good person. I want to be nice to people. I want to show everyone I meet respect. And if I get a, things of hate, and also I'm I'm good. I think at fighting it back. If you see our TikTok comments and things oh, like yeah. that, oh yeah, you're very witty. It's all you. That's what you have to learn. You just attack the wit with the wit. Yeah, and I mean, like, look, the, half the time, and this is my best advice to any content creators that feel like they're getting a lot of hate. Learn to defend it. Learn to ignore it because it doesn't really matter as they're still adding to your view count right they don't even realize i'm they're commenting and it just helps you and most importantly i guess you could say um uh lost my train of thought uh the uh when you after you ignore it and then i mean oh for i was saying this the other day to someone i i know i'm going out there you know I, i say with the balls to say it in front of people's faces in Houston and Mets and Red Sox. I'm mm-hmm. saying it in person. I'm not hiding behind a computer screen. I'm doing it right there. And then right. exactly. So like, I know, like I'm not hiding behind a computer screen. I'm saying exactly what's on my mind in person. And if people don't like that, they just don't like honest people or people that just can't take a joke. So, it, you know, hate is as literally meaningless and pointless and you can't worry about it. Couldn't have said it any better, Jake. And again, you only help our engagement scores by doing that. And you really, and then, you know, it helps thicken our skin and that you just know you're doing something right when you get the other side and enjoy it. Maybe you can even learn something from it. Why don't a, we lot, hit on- a, lot of, a lot of people who are like trolling and stuff, they're having fun with it too. They're, they're, they're not trying yeah. to, a lot of the time, they're not trying to be cruel. They're just trying to be exactly what I'm doing or, you know, they're trying to be funny. So a lot of people, 90% of the time in my experience are just trying to get people to laugh. Right. So. And it is good to get the conflict. That's what progresses these stories. So we appreciate all feedback, you know, just don't get personal with it. And uh, we'll be okay. So why don't we hit on people make fun of my they make fun of my hair all the time when I have my hair cut and stuff. So hey it's man, okay. you know how to rock a solid uh you have the Yankee That's symbol right. in the back yeah, there. The bronze zoo, it's okay. It's it's too long right now, but got the hat on. But plan on bringing it back a few times this season. Uh yeah, we uh we got a couple of cool ideas that I think people are gonna like when it comes to my hair. We got we got some content ideas that we're gonna do uh in all the Bronx. Right. So stay tuned. I'm excited for that. So why don't we hit on the Yankees right now at this moment? A little bit on them. So right now, 
It's the end of August. Sorry, August. Oof. The end of April. Yankees been doing fine. You know, trying to get the jitters figuring out what's going on. You know, for every solid pit, you know, we've had injury problems. You know, what is new? We've had um, underperforming pitchers not trying to figure out who our identity is really. But on top of that, you have the Tampa Bay Rays who are having one of the greatest starts of all time. And even though, again, it's still early, it's still um, early in the season, you still have to, you know, watch out and lots going on there. So the first thing I should ask here, actually, um, just quickly back with the offseason so far. First, how did you feel when Aaron Judge re-signed with the Yankees? Did you have any doubt at all? No, uh, not if you if you follow any of the Bronx Zoo stuff, there was not a single doubt in my mind that he'd be back in pinstripes. All the signs were there. Um, it was it was evident the Yankees weren't going to let him go. Uh, uh, no team in my mind made sense. Like San Francisco, mate. I mean, he was from not even the city of San Francisco. Just that was the team he liked, right? So, mm-hmm. but Aaron Judge is a winner. That's his mentality. Why is he going to go to a team that's not even? close to competing for a championship. It never, and I mean, maybe the Padres, but uh, he he's a Yankee. He, he was always a Yankee, and you could tell that meant something to him. Not a doubt in my mind. I knew Rizzo was coming back because it, once Rizzo came back, it was obvious Judge was coming right. back. Like best friends in that clubhouse. And then, you know, the Rodon one, I, I wouldn't say I expected. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. It, it was a great move, even though he started the, the season injured. Um, I know a lot of people thought that um, we didn't make a significant improvements offensively, but mm-hmm. I thought Volpe, but if you knew any of our stuff, I was saying that Anthony Volpe should have been called up last August, should have been the starting shortstop in the ALCS. I, I knew he would be the move. I knew he, it was obvious he was ready. The way he tore up Triple uh, uh, A and Double A last year, it was Right. He was going to be playing shortstop opening day. I don't even know why they even said it was competition. It, he was the guy. I mean, Peraz is amazing as well. Um, I would not have been surprised if he got the starting job. It was, okay, backtrack. Maybe it was a little bit of a competition between Volpe and Peraza, uh, but um, <coughs> whoever had the better spring was getting that job. And I, I think that, you know, the number one pick, uh, New Jersey, the story was there, right? Uh, the Yankees saw the marketing uh, potential with that local guy becomes a Yankee. I think they were hoping that Peraza and Volpe would be the middle in the infield because, of course, Peraza's had great success. So I think they saw Volpe shortstop and Peraza third base in the future, and they wanted them both up. Uh, so I thought those two guys were going to be on this team no matter what. And uh, it took some injuries for Peraza to get there. But I think you're looking at the future two upgrades right there, with Peraza and Volpe. Those were the moves. So, yeah, offseason took a couple different turns. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, it would have been nice to maybe get one more bat. I I wanted Brian Reynolds heavily, but I love Oswaldo out and left. And uh, he extended today, Brian Reynolds, of course. So uh, I think I he's there in Pittsburgh. Uh, only other moves I thought were, were would have been beneficial, maybe a Craig Kimbrell or David Robertson. They went with Tommy Canely, uh, which was good. When he gets back, I think he'll be beneficial. Uh, but, yeah, I think the offensive upgrades were – Volpe and Peraza. Right. And um and also just the last point with the judge with the that night where we seen Arson Judge and all of that. Can you walk me through your experience with it? I absolutely can. <laughs> I uh so it was December sixth, uh mm. at 
5.30 because I just finished editing a video. Trying to, I, I, I believe, oh, yeah, it was about Aaron Judge. It was about a free agent signing that I got outside Madison Square Garden. I just finished editing it around 5.20. I export it to my phone. It's my grandfather's birthday. We're walking out the door. I'm about to drive him and my cousin to the restaurant where we're meeting the rest of the family. And I, I get on Twitter and I, I saw the tweet within a minute, like 45 seconds. Oh, like literally perfect. Picking the phone up. Bam. Perfect. And I went, what? I went, this this no way this is happening. And of course, I felt bad as my grandpa's birthday. And I'm so distracted on the car ride. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I do I post the video I just made about Aaron Judge going to uh, the back to the Yankees who resigned and I, I the whole dinner I was distracted I'm trying to be engaged uh, you know thankfully my whole family was there so there plenty of people to talk to but I'm in disbelief I'm like there's no way that Aaron Judge isn't coming back to the Yankees and then of course it got uh, retracted fairly easy um, and then when he signed um, it was around four in the morning. Uh, the official announcement, I believe, came out around eight. Yes, I, uh, but I think that the agreement came at four. But I woke up for some reason. I don't remember why, but I was up early and I saw that announcement right when it came out. So, it, and then I go right to the TV and say, "Is this true? Uh, is is this real?" So uh, maybe the tweets came out a couple hours, but like everyone was sleeping. So I woke up. MLB, oh, MLB Network's coverage started right when i woke up so like they they scrambled to get people on air to talk about it and right when i was already ready for them to start talking about it so that that was my experience during the the winter meetings yeah what a special day you know and for me you know i mentioned the first time we talked i have this group chat that's mostly met fans and i'm always defending it that's (laughs) right and um pretty much you know they're having their crazy off season and Literally every single fight, every single day is a debate. Yankees, Mets, yep. and you know I'm, I'm the, one of the biggest judges fan, judge fans of all time. I have that Instagram pic of me posting on his MLB debut, which is like August 29th or something. Yep. And um, yeah, pretty much when that happened, you see the Met, the ultimate Mets trolls. We got him, and me as as I said with you, as you just said with me. I'm just in disbelief. This guy wouldn't do that for his legacy. I really don't think he would do this to disappoint and, you know, put a sour taste in everybody's mouth. And then as we saw, I was attracted, just kept checking the news that night. Then I went to the really early gym, gym um, riser. So I went to the gym at six, got back at seven 30. And basically my tradition you know, when I, 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 in Jersey, where I live in Jersey City, I t- have to take a, I take a Via to the path, which is just this local car service instead of the $15 Uber. And they're always a half an hour late. So I'm sitting on my couch just waiting. Also, hopefully I didn't, wasn't going to be late for work. But then I had uh, this, the group chat with the uh, podcast collaborators I have, great Alex Young, the nicest Met fan I know, said, see, it wound up working out. It's official. He was the one who told me. Yep. Then you dive down, and um, it was just starts this great era of the second half of Judge's career. But that was some roller coaster. And as you said, it, you wish they would add a little bit more, but it looks like the Yankees are going with the homegrown guys and proving something. 
And well, one, we- one more thing to add too. Um, I always said on my TikTok live since about July of last year, and I have a a, a voice recording somewhere of me saying it. Um, and I went back and listened to it. Um, it might have been a live or something, but. I, I saved it because I wanted to 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 be right about it. And I said he was going to get eight years, 360 mil, but he got nine years and 360 mil. So I got the money right, but I, I got <laughs> one year off and I was also so close. And so far, so good. We hear that he's been a very generous with the cast. You heard about him getting Volpe, his suit and all that stuff. It, it's great to see Judge give back. And, you know, also sticking with Volpe, you know, it was really, um, you know, not a rough start at first, but, um, you know, just just progressing. You know, he's 21 years old. He yep. just he just can start drinking a beer if he wants legally. That's right. Yeah. But I feel like that he's taken a what's the word I'm looking for? You know, so, so many people are just so invested in Volpe right now and they seem to follow his every move. Even to a point where I think that it's a little bit overhyped, only for his sake, because you know, being compared to Derek Jeter right away at 21, that's some big shoes to fill. And I always tell people just let him cook. But that's also, I think, taking a little bit of the pressure from the big names like Judge as well, because you know, Soko is on Volpe, and it seems at the moment so far he's been handling, you know, the ups and downs of being a major leaguer and the criticism so far. And you know, he's starting to tear it up a little bit. You know, a few areas here and there, but, you know, again, there's still plenty of time left, and it's still early April, and I think um, he's made a pretty substantial start. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I it would be unfair to, to think he's going to be hitting 400, five home runs, 50 yeah. stolen bases in April, right? He is, he is showing what he's going to do, step-by-step, step, the stolen bases, which this team has drastically needed, the potential for a high... Uh, contact bat instead of power with some power and uh, clearly with some stellar defense. And to have that, we haven't heard about complaints about defensive at shortstop this year, which is very nice. We have had some up and downs the past couple years, and that's not to throw digs at any other players, but it's just how it was. We got a lot of complaints about defense at short. So to see him thrive defensively, is helping him. Yes, his average is low, but we we've seen what he can do. We we've seen his swings progress. We've seen his attitude, and I think the best thing for him, which we've seen many pictures of, is he is right there with the captain of New York, Aaron Judge, in his ear. <laughs> On the other side is future Hall of Famer Giancarlo Stanton, who who Top has pick. handled New York media better than anyone i've Seriously. almost ever seen in my life besides Derek jeter i mean that guy is a master just up there with aaron judge of how to handle new york media it's incredible i mean yes he's injured a lot but he is a good player he is a hall of fame player if he can get out another 150 200 home runs it might be a stretch i think he has eight year good years left in him but yeah. he has put hall of fame career up together up until this point i mean and then my my and he's clutch in the postseason as well. Very clutch in the postseason. And then you have Garrett Cole, who handles media as a pitcher phenomenally. And then you got Anthony Rizzo, who is the guy in my eyes that's just unbelievable at every aspect. At first base, who has won a World Series with Chicago, he was the face of 2016 baseball 
Uh, he was the captain, essentially, of the Cubs, the, that whole run that he had. And then you got DJ LeMahieu, who is just the machine at, at second or third. I mean, you have Rizzo and LeMahieu as his anchors in that infield and a former MVP with Donaldson. I mean, I I, I understand the frustrations with Donaldson, um, but anyone who knows me knows I'm a big fan. Still, I think he has a lot left to offer in this league. And, you know, I, I think what he has to offer maybe most of all is his attitude and his uh, experience. And when, when you could pass down from a Anthony Rizzo, a Josh Donaldson, a DJ LeMahieu, an Aaron Judge, and a Giancarlo Stanton – to help form the player that Anthony Volpe will be, I mean, there's no better uh, group to do that than those guys. Yeah, that, I mean, that's like we were talking about baseball on a decades perspective. You have like five of the top ten faces of baseball right there. They have, and yeah, you can't be in a better situation with Volpe, and he's always smiling. He's one yep. of the most um, contagious smiles you can have. And that's only going to get better, especially with you. And you know how brutal play, um, the media, media and the fans can be. And I was going to ask, too, I understand Josh Donaldson has taken a lot of the brunt of it since he's come on. And Aaron Hicks has faced a lot of criticism himself. And what do you think they could do? I You still believe in Josh Donaldson. And I even think he can do it as well. Just waiting for him to come back. But Aaron Hicks, it's it's tough to watch him sometimes. And I really think a lot of it is mental with him as well. Well, what do you think, if given the chance left with them, what do you think they could do to really save face, holy save on the roster? And do you think they have the ability to turn it around? And, you know, you mentioned John Carl Stanton. He's the perfect example of that. Like he's gotten the worst of the worst. And it seems like those two players are getting a lot of it. And some, I do think, understandably so some i think is a bit excessive but you know anything upsets a new york fan really but what what they, they do so we can make sure they can overcome it and we don't want to see like a joey gallo situation and yeah and literally boot out of town but well, nice to see him turn up in uh minnesota for yeah look some guys just can't handle it um i mean the new york fans have absolutely every right to get upset you if you know me mm. i'll never bash a yankee it's just not in me i can't do it uh i'll never boo a yankee but I understand why people do. I mean, can't they, they pay for the product on the field? They want to to see yeah. them be su- succeeding. But um, to Josh Donaldson, I think Donaldson and Aaron Hicks are a little different because Donaldson, his glove last year was phenomenal, and there's no yeah. denying. But um, Aaron Hicks, look, um, my personal opinion is that Oswaldo needs to be the everyday left fielder. I, I don't think there's any reason because his glove is there. His glove is there, and it, once his bat improves, he is an ev- everyday left fielder. Um, I think taking the bats away from him is only hurting him. Um, right. Aaron Hicks at this point, uh, the best thing I can do, uh, tie it into is I was watching Moneyball the other day, and there's a scene <laughs> with Billy Bean movie. where he talks to David Justice, and David Justice is like, "Oh, you don't need to do, uh, you don't need to come talk to me. I've never seen a GM talk like this." And Dave, uh, Billy Bean basically says to him in that movie. I'm not paying you for the player you used to be. I'm playing, paying for who you are now. Basically, go, you know, do what you can, but be an example for the younger guys. And I think if Aaron Hicks is that bench presence that Marwin Gonzalez was last year, and we have a bench of Aaron Hicks and IKF who can do something off the bench, I think that 
the the starting role needs to go to Oswaldo. And I think that Aaron Hicks is a good baseball personality. He's a cool guy, right? So it's like you, you want to see him succeed. But I think if he can just, you know, help teach Oswaldo, teach the younger players, that's his big biggest uh, con- contribution. Yeah, well, that's what he can offer at this point. And I mean, like, if he can have put together some great at-bats, awesome. But I think what he... Uh, is now is that veteran who can give a lot of experience to these rookies. And um, I mean, who knows how the season will go. If if his production is uh, continuously declining, they might have to make a harder move, uh, such as the Madison Bumgarner move in Arizona, um, which was a bold move, if you ask me. So um, I don't know where this will go with Aaron Hicks, but I wish him the best because I think he he. He was a great player a few years ago. He has had a lot of injuries, and he's a cool guy. So I I don't want to sit here and say, uh, kick him off the team, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. For sure. Make the most of what you have left. And, you know, baseball is a tough sport, mentally and physically. And, you know, that's the best you could do, and it'll go a long way. And players remember that. Remember Derek Jeter, not Randley said, but he said one of his favorite players – or or I should say one of his favorite teammates ever was Tim Raines, who obviously was a big deal in Montreal. Heard him in an interview and um, finished career out with the Yankees. He just played that mentorship role and just never forgot him. Tim Raines is a Hall of Fame himself, and we need Aaron Hicks to take over that role and be the mentor, the the leader, the the Yoda in that sense. I mean, Aaron Hicks has made some uh, incredible catches in the outfield. I mean, I'm thinking of that one against Minnesota a couple of yeah. years ago. He's had some good moments. I mean, we can't just sit here and, and you, you brought up Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo couldn't handle New York. And I'm sorry uh, to say it was basically the fans' fault. I mean, I, I know I'm changing what he said, but that's kind of the impression we were supposed to take away from that interview that like, oh, we made it so hard. Uh, New York fans are pretty happy to please. Try your hardest. Don't complain and do something. <laughs> I mean, you're never going to win if you go against the fans. You will never win, no matter who. Never you are. win that because uh, I mean, you know, it, it, we we expect a successful product. And like I said, I'll never bash a Yankee. I will never tear anyone down because there are plenty of people out there to do it. But uh, we, there are three aspects of a team. I'll, I'll continue to say it: there are the owners, there are the players, and there are the fans. That's what it comes down to. We each have an equal part in that because the players play on the field, the owners put everything together, and it is our money that is putting that product on the field and never never get that confused. Never, ever. And one other player I want to talk to you about, Glaber Torres. Yeah. There have been rumors that he may be on the block. Mm-hmm. He had a really hot start to the season, cooled off a little, but... We all know that he is one of the most clutch bats in the entire league. What do you think the Yankees are going to wind up doing with Glaber? I think Glaber, uh, he has hot streaks. He has some cold streaks. I think Glaber is here. I I, I don't think uh, at this point, the injuries that we've had, I don't think you'd just be trading away uh, guys that can help when injuries go down. It never hurts to have a big bench. It never hurts to have guys that you can put in different spots when guys go down. Um, Glaber's here to stay. Uh, we have some guys in the minors that are are, are looking pretty good. Um, I know there's options involved there, but I, I think that 
a lot of uh, the Yankees' success the past couple years has been from uh, using what we have already. Uh, I mean, when you think of trades, it's not like we're making major trades. We made the trade for Rizzo. We made the trade for Gallo. Um, didn't give up many major pieces in that. And, of course, the Rizzo trade turned out phenomenal. But when you think about the Yankees, it's not like we're making blockbuster trades uh, in the past several years like we were. I mean, DJ was a free agent signing. Um, Don- Donaldson and IKF was obviously with Gary Sanchez, but that seemed like more of a trade of, you know, Gary Sanchez was struggling. Yeah, uh, it's your problem. Let's trade our problems. See what we could change. I mean, Gio was a part of that. I thought that was... Oh, uh, don't you miss I, seeing him? He was great. He was great. But I mean, basically you swapped his great glove with Donaldson's great glove. So did it hurt the Yankees to not have them, uh, Gio and Gary? I wouldn't say that exactly because we ended up having platinum gold winner, uh, Jose Trevino. So that that worked out. And Donaldson had a great glove. I do love Gio. I did love Gary. Um, but at the time, the trade makes sense. But besides those trades, I mean, Yankees solve a lot of their problems from within. Now, at the deadline, we make the moves for Benatendi. We make it for Montez. Doesn't work out like we want. Benatendi was a great move. Wouldn't have been mad if they re-signed him. But I think at this deadline, you're going to see um, a, a move that will make a lot of sense for at the time when we're struggling. So last year was Benatendi. We needed an extra outfield bat. What we're dealing with at the deadline, we're going to make a big move. Um, if we're in contention yeah. this time, I, I really believe that. I think the biggest name that you're going to see on the block is if they're not in third place minimum is Otani. Do I think he goes to the Yankees? Oh, man. <laughs> Would I be surprised? A little bit. I think he's going to end up, I mean, trade-wise, he could go to the, who knows, Yankees, Mets, anyone. But I think he will end up signing with the Dodgers. I think they they saved a lot of money in the past couple of years very quietly to acquire him in free agency. But you're going to see some big names on the block. Um, uh, who, at this point, I don't know because those extra wild card spots change things up, but you're going to see some interesting uh, people join uh, those conversations. Yeah, and it's it's been a long time. We're almost next year is going to be 15 years. We're after year 14 since that World Series. I think we've waited long enough with these trial and tribulations. Yeah, and you know we I, I do think we trust Cashman, even though I. I it may have been a definitely a critic, but you know what could we say at this point? He's here to stay, and he's proven that he can have teams compete. But as we say, part of what baseball is, especially in this game, sometimes you have to have the ball fall in your way. You need to have a blooper go right in front of you, and you need the wind to pull the ball a certain way over the fence. And yeah. Maybe this time, especially when if we have, you know, once Rondon finally comes on, if he could tear it up, hopefully Sevy comes back at the, at some point this season to show what he can offer. But I think it's definitely time to really get that big, big bat in there. And we'll ultimately see, you know, it is, like I said, it's still April, but it's time for us to really take advantage. And especially with Houston, you don't know what they really are at the moment. And that's obviously been our Achilles heel. And, you know, who knows if Altuve is going to be the same after his hand injury. You have to hit while the iron is hot. You, I mean, right now, I think the, the most concerning thing is we don't know what's going on anywhere. I mean, yeah, right? if you ask anyone, anyone who would be arguably the worst teams in baseball, they would have said probably the Pirates. They would mm-hmm. have brought up the Diamondbacks. 
I mean, you're here with the Rays, who people thought as third or fourth place, and they're in first. You have the Twins, who the people I guaranteed uh, Guardians. I mean, what did the Twins really? Yeah, yeah, they got Lopez, which was a great move, but and re-signed Correa. But I think people thought, oh yeah, Guardians are going to run away with that division again, the way they were that hot hand they had last year. And then you're looking at, at the AL West, and after what Seattle did last year, you knew the Rangers got DeGrom, you knew they got Seager, but oh crap, here are the Rangers, they're here to play. So it's like, that I think is the most concerning part. It's like, who's real, who's not, who's mm-hmm. really in this? I mean, we're at the end of April, and you know, m- middle of May, end of May, early June is when you really start, okay, this yeah. team's legitimate. So we got a couple more weeks to go, but... It, it, it's not like anyone's running besides the Rays right now. Anyone's running away with a, a sure thing. And that could change. I mean, we got six games against the Rays in the next month. That could that could change very quickly. Uh, and remember, so. this, the schedule is a lot different now, too. You don't play the division as much as you did. You play every single team in at least one series, including the National yep. League. And yeah, especially when you finally see those division games, they matter as much as they matter the most. So take advantage of it. And I think the Mets are a perfect example from last year, a team that could not have more momentum, could not have a better owner situation, could not have everything was right. And they just collapsed in the final week of the season and they just couldn't take advantage. They were winded and lost against San Diego. I think this shows now that these teams need to you know, figure out who they are. And like you said, Memorial Day, we should know what's going on. Yeah. I think I think the Braves, um, I think they're the team that this year in that division. Um, I, I think with Harper being out again uh, long-term, I think the Phillies are going to be in it. Uh, I mean, I hope so because it's fun to watch them play, especially with Turner now. But I think the Braves have a real chance to run away uh, with that division. Uh, and I, it's not to tear down the Mets. Uh, I I thought if the Mets got Correa, I think they they might run away with that division, right? So yeah. it's like I think that was the one thing they're missing a big one more big bat. Now they're looking at uh you know their two top prospects to to fill that hole. But you get a guy like Correa, you get a guy like Trey Turner. I mean, they might run away, but I mean the Braves, Acuna, Riley. Sean Murphy now, uh, Matt Olson, they're that phenomenal rotation. Ozzy, um, they got a great team, and they continuously uh, cycle through losing players but finding new ones. And I, I think that they uh, they're always going to be a threat in that division. That's the key, especially more than ever, building those farm systems. And you have to give credit to Houston with do who do that who have done that and. There's a reason why they're always in the ALCS and World Series. And we've seen this Yankee team lose four playoff series against us since 2015. You just hope maybe fifth time's a charm. Been a long time. It's going to happen. One day we will win that that series. It's going to happen. So that's the only thing you got to hold that hope for. It's going to happen. We're going to be back in that series. Oh, I believe it, Jake. There's nothing, you know, especially. In this crazy world we live in, it's all about that manifesting and even making the zero percents into hundred percent. It is going to happen. I believe it. And what what people tell me, uh, they'll still go back and comment on my uh, my post from last year and say, oh, you were wrong, blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, everything I said last year still applies. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Astros won one. They won one ring in 60 years. So, And it's time for us to get that 28th to prove that, you know? Like you yep. said, the numbers game, I mean, it hopefully doesn't take, you know... 86 uh, years like the Red Sox, but... But it'll happen. What were the like the Mets. <laughs> and counting. What do you think about some of these changes in baseball and how they've gone? Obviously, the pitch clock is, it seems to be a big success. Bigger bases, removing of the shift. How do you like these new changes in baseball? Uh, yeah, at first, uh, a little hesitant. I mean, I, I like the beauty of the game, the length of the game, <laughs> the the, you know, certain things that make the game what it is, and that's pitchers taking their time, batters stepping out of the box. Um, I understood why they did it. As long as it doesn't affect um, the outcome of a game tremendously, like, uh, oh, pitch clock, uh, pitch clock violation uh, makes a guy, uh, like the spring training game, uh, bases loaded, right? Um, yeah, the, what was uh, it, the Phillies and Red Sox or one of those? Yeah, ones. so like as long as that stuff's not happening, um, I think it's okay uh, because I think it's actually done very well uh, at the start of the season. I, I You're noticing games are a little quicker, and as a fan, it's like, okay, uh, I'm okay with this. The base is, is good. The shift, you're seeing guys like Rizzo have a little bit more success. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think the changes were designed to help the game be better. And as long as they're not taking away from it, it seems as of now, things are going well, right? So mm-hmm. it's uh, until that that pitch clock violation uh, changes the outcome of a game. And also, I, uh, I'm i not a fan of the ghost runner. I never was. Uh, Me and neither. I, I don't want it in the playoffs. I, I, I don't like that, and that will never change. But uh, other than that, I think everything else is... Uh, makes sense. And until uh, there's an issue, um, you know, we, we saw some issues recently with Scherzer. I don't think he should have been suspended. I think that was clear as day. And uh, I, I he, he's a guy who's against all that, right? So why would he go out there and purposely, and you guys know I'm not going to be sitting here defending the Mets all day. Mm-hmm. Right? I, think, I think Scherzer's a, a, a gamer. That's what he does. He, he loves to play. He loves to play right so it's like little things like that. There's no, it's hard to, you know, they, they thought there was something on there. If there wasn't, if, if it was the alcohol, the stuff, it's like, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you fix that? Right. It's like, yeah. You know, and he had a, exactly bite the bullet with the, it's hard to really prove it at that point. Yeah. Especially, I guess they, I wanted to see him appeal to see how far they'd go with it, but you know, is what it is there. I mean, I had the little fuck because, you know, people that Mets group chat always make fun of Cole do it, but I could always say, well, at least he didn't get kicked out of a game and never blatantly caught um, and never and officially indicted himself. But, um, yeah, now if we – but to, to get to your point, if we really, you know, micro, micro – not if we really go micromanaging with these rules and stuff, then it is a headache, but we don't want to see people get, get, you know, take it advantage of, but you know, again, this is just still really early. I, I love the, the, the game lengths at least, at least for now, not in October. Um, 
I think October is when it's bet when the length of the game is best suited and it's most dramatic in all sports. That Mariners game last year was some best baseball you could ever. Yeah. I mean, and the, you know, just the hitting of the crowd, the crowd's getting louder and louder using those few extra seconds to build the tension. That doesn't get any better than that. So in that sense, it's great. I, you know, I'm down for, you know, for games to be less than three hours, but, um, in other senses, you know, just compete and make it more fun. And it's easier to make it more marketable. Obviously, we just saw MLB have a very successful World Baseball Classic and bringing that in. A lot of fun to watch there. It bring, having the game be younger. I haven't made it back to the stadium yet, but, you know, I know you there. I'm sure you've seen all these new faces and people just really hyped up baseball and just seeing stadiums more filled than they were just a year ago in April, that's, that's, you know, that's a great thing to witness. And back to the world baseball classic. I, I still don't think it's talked about enough, but do you think they could have asked for anything better? Which is show Otani strike. No, I mean, come on. No, they really couldn't. And <laughs> especially with the, if the runner on, if I remember correctly, um, trout was the tying run and, it really beats that old adage that good pitching beats good hitting, and he just went for it. You love it. You don't see it that much. Awesome. And awesome. um, I really hope, you know, with the any of the boomer criticisms about the World Baseball Cast, like, come on, Edwin Diaz, that was a freak injury. It really is too bad. But, I mean, the pride of these countries and seeing how big of an influence baseball really has in the entire world, it shows that baseball really isn't dead, and it's in a rejuvenation, a, a special period. Well, I always I always say um, every single baseball game that's ever being played at any time on this planet is important. Every single game, yeah. little league, minor league, major league, every game's important. I mean, to think that it's not is ridiculous because as long as you got kids and adults alike playing baseball, I mean, it's the most important game to them. So every single game of baseball means something. For sure. Absolutely. Hey, Jay, I was just curious. Um, Just wanted to quickly hit on other, just quickly some other sports right now. You know, the winter sports. The winner, um, if you remind me, and obviously you're a Yankee fan, uh, do you follow the other three major league sports with basketball, football, and um, yeah, and I'm hockey? a I'm a big I'm a big football guy, um, Giants fan. Um, yeah, you know, uh, shout out though to uh, Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets because I think oh that's, that's gonna be so much fun. That is it. I love always been an Aaron Rodgers fan, yeah. huge, huge Aaron Rodgers fan because I just love how much of an individual he is. Oh, he's a that- New York personality. He's ready to go. Yeah, drive here. Absolutely, sure. and it's going to be very excited to see what this Jets team can really pull off. It's very rare, very rare when you get a Hall of Famer still in his prime, and literally you you now Super Bowl contender out of him. Yep. But don't forget, with our Giants, they had a very special season, pushing forward. Brian Dayball, Joe Shinera could not have started any better. And um, adding Darren Waller to the mix, see what happens during the draft. Don't forget, check out the Productive Conversations live stream draft night on Thursday. Um, thank you, thank you. So, um, but with that, yeah, that's the one thing I rarely say I'm jealous of the Jeff fan to see, but um, it's going to be fun well, to cover. 
on top of that, you know, Rangers, I'm a Rangers guy. I'm not huge into hockey, but, you know, I just love everything about the Rangers and the garden. Um, and uh, even though there was a video of someone asking me a question, of which I thought was better, Barclays or Madison Square Garden, I said the actual stadium of Barclays is better. But, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing beats the atmosphere of the garden. And, you know, when I I, I, I love basketball. Um, I don't follow it like I do baseball. Uh, I always say, oh, I like the Nets because they're associated with the Yankees and, yeah. Yankees and all that. But I mean, I love everything about the Knicks and what they stand for, and oh they, yeah, you know, they're they're the Knicks, right? So it's like I, I'm I want to see them succeed because I think that's great for New York, and um, I think when you think of New York sports, it's Yankees, Knicks, Rangers, and Giants. So that's yeah, that's uh my that's my um of those four, the Knicks, Giants, Rangers, those are the ones that I and the Bills. With. I mean, got to give some credit to the Bills. They're they're pretty they're pretty good up there in Buffalo. Oh yes. And what a season they had last year and all type of emotions. I love Josh Allen. I love Stefan. So, yeah, the, it's great to see Demar Hamlin overcome Absolutely. that horrific accident and seeing him come back. But now their division is going to be really tough. But um, it's really exciting to see. But listen, Jake, you must be part of. You must have helped inspire these Nick fans to go absolutely crazy just winning game two. Sorry, game three and game four. I think you have something to do with that, Jake. You know, I, I, <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, I've seen other people. So I always tell people I there, I, I say it humbly. Uh, there was no one doing what the zoo's doing outside stadiums until we started doing it. And, um, I never saw it happening. Um, so to see it happening at other places now, I'm for it like that. I'm right? glad. Well, I'm glad people saw our stuff and were like, "Oh, let me do this outside my uh, my stadium." I've had people reach out to me from Houston, Kansas City, um, I believe St. Louis, um, and other teams saying, "I want to start this with my team." Let's go! Like, I mean, like that's. I'm glad. Like, I'm honored that you like our stuff that much, and I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Like, there there's room for everyone. Uh, and I'm glad to see yes. uh, the, the zoo has had at least some small influence on uh, on the social media landscape of sports. Look at that. And especially for New York, you know, with the exception of New York FC and, and props to them, they won the MLS Cup of 2019. The, the Out of the major league sports, we haven't won a championship since 2011. And it's, it shows how hungry and how loyal and how passionate New York fans really are. It's been a long time. But you know what? Let's tell the truth. If we win five in a row, we'll still act like that. So, Oh, clearly. And, and and especially just, you know, I've met friends in high school and college, and they know my fandoms, and they're now we're pushing, hitting almost a decade more of these friends. And I, whether it's like my friend Brad, who's the most annoying Boston fan in the world, lives in L.A. and still trolls me every day, seeing literally all his teams win championships. I know some Kansas City fans who go crazy and – you know, it just helps me again growing my skin. And now we're turning around. All the winter sports made the playoffs. Obviously, one is out when the Nets um Islanders seems like they're gonna be um pushing in, but um New York sports, man, it's just a great time to be in New York. A post pandemic New York City as well. Now a couple of years since we've really been thrown back into society and in this nice prime, you know, we're around the same age in our late twenties. And the fact that, you know, we're living in this prime time of our lives with New York, just striving. I can't get any better. Couldn't ask for more than that. 
And another thing I wanted to ask, you know, you mentioned before in terms of just more interactions with people, Mm -hmm. you know, since we last talked, you just have a whole other archive of more interactions. I was just wondering, does any of them stuck out since we last spoke to you? Have you had many um, unique interactions? You know, it's you dancing with that elderly Yankee fan I saw was her birthday. What was it like? If I remember correctly, she was, I think she was around her 80s. And um, it was like her first game she's ever been to in a long time. I don't know. Like that. Oh, uh, Gloria. Yeah, Gloria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the smile you brought on her face was just oh, so that sweet. that was awesome. That was awesome. That one definitely stands out for sure. She, that, uh, that, she was great. Uh, I love stories like that. I mean, opening day, we had so many iconic ones. Um, uh, you know, the wedding one uh, with the ring, uh, that was a good one. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, can you, uh, can you walk us through for the audience who may or may not know yeah, what that um, story is? The, uh, so... Last season, uh, we were in the middle of our huge crowd, and uh, Caroline, um, who I've got on the zoo a couple times, ran into the crowd and was like, uh, 27 rings plus this one. And I was like, you just got engaged? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, let's go. And the whole crowd went nuts. <laughs> and then she came up to me on opening day, and I was just describing how she's going to have like some Yankee aspects in her wedding. And uh, the energies uh, she brought is just always electric. So that that one stood out. Um, Houston, uh, I got some funny ones out there for sure. Definitely ones that made Houston fans mad. And look, I'll say it now. I'll say it 20 years from now. We do not stage anything on the Bronx Zoo. Uh, if I did that, I would not be doing this. I don't like fakeness. I don't like making any fake content. And we and really could to, tell, too, especially from your camera angles and in my authentic reaction. Like that. It, yeah. it, it's, it's obvious. And in, in all these instances where people are like, oh, you edited that, I, I will literally post the raw footage. <laughs> Here you go. No, I didn't. Uh, and one, one guy in Houston, I was like, who's your favorite Astro? And he goes, Tony Dorsett. <laughs> people are like oh he's joking around but that was a quick answer i don't know about that so that one the that dallas one cowboy legend popular so uh yeah i mean there's uh and then of course over the off season we had the opportunity to speak with um oswaldo cabrera michael k that one yeah um goose gossage wade boggs uh daryl strawberry doc gooden and uh so many more uh but those those were some cool interactions. But most importantly, I talked to a lot of fans. So yeah, and then from all ages, I've seen you talk with young Yankee fans to the oldest ones, and just your vast majority of questions, not only Yankee related but pop culture, and all of that. So tying all that into, you know, for those who are doing man on the street, woman on the street, man on the street, and like, what is your advice in trying to get those reactions? Yeah. And coming uh, so, up to people like that and also doing respectfully. I mean, we don't I'm sure you've heard of there's these stories of TikTokers literally getting like beat up or whatever. Do it there yeah, you know, I, I get it for making content and people have been doing this since like the early fifties. There's there's um the early tonight shows have people interacting yeah. on the streets. But what do you do to try to get that genuine reaction out of them? Yeah, look, I mean just make it real. First off, be polite, be respectful. I'm never going to be disrespectful to anyone. I, why would I? That's just not me as a person. Um, but um, I don't want to in life or in an interview. I don't want to talk to anybody who doesn't want to talk to me. That's just a basic humanity uh, advice. One on one. Why would you want to talk to anyone who doesn't want to talk to you? So uh, I never right. pushed like if you don't want to talk to me. OK, moving on. Um, 
always show respect. Never try and like just talk to someone to just like get a reaction. The best stuff that you can get is people just giving you a reaction naturally. Yeah. Like, sometimes your question may spark it. Sometimes like the creativity of the Yankee fan base never fails to amaze me. I mean, some of the stuff that people come up with makes me laugh so hard on the spot because it's like, how did you even think of the, like saying that? Did, right. you, did you find me to say that? Did you, you know, just come up with that on the spot? Do you even know what we do? And you just talk to the mic. So come up with unique questions. Do your research. I do a lot of research before games. Some people will be like, oh, why are you comparing these two players? I compared to uh, Johan and CC. Who would you want in their prime? Well, when you look at their numbers, they're not too far off, right? So it's like how many pitches of their era? Yeah, thousands. I mean, like, you think of them. You, you think of those guys in the late two thousands, and uh, I always try and be unique. It's I never just like will be on like TikTok and hear someone ask a question and be like, "Oh, I'm going to do that." Like I come up with my own. I've seen some of our questions being asked, uh, and I'm okay <laughs> with it. Like it, I, it's an honor to me. Thank you. Uh, we were the first uh, page I ever saw asking people, "Where's upstate New York start?" And that, <laughs> that does well every single time. No one was asking it beforehand. Now we ask it all the time. I've seen other people asking it. And uh, what's your answer to that? Upstate New York starts in Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie, yeah. I was going to say, I say Dutchess County and up. Uh, that's my. But I've seen. I've seen so many people talking about it now. After we like kind of went viral on a couple, so I think it's mm -hmm. funny. Like, okay, now the conversation's starting to pick up. Uh, but yeah, like come up with your own stuff. Be unique, and uh, you know. Just uh, treat everyone with respect. And if anyone ever, um, you know, isn't into it, move on because there's someone else that will be. Yeah, there's literally, you know, how many people there are in this world. And I think also just understanding and be patient, be patient. Because, mm -hmm. again, the worst thing is making contact with someone, showing someone awkward and who's awkward and uncomfortable you don't want that. And you will find people who are, and it's yeah. worth it every sense of the way. And also one thing Eric Andre talked about, he does prank specifically yeah. do stuff. Don't try to get a laugh. Just try to get absolutely a good reaction. And I heard Brian Cranston talking about that too. When he does acting specifically, when he says, um, I don't try to be funny in this comedic scene. I just acted straight with the funny interactions right there. And you'll be surprised. And um, I mean, look at you, you're, you're an expert at it. And there's only hundreds of hours of that growing even more. Well, you know, uh, you can ask anyone, my friends, my family, what you see on screen is exactly what you see. Like maybe like high school and college, I wasn't as confident as I am now. Some people would Same disagree. Here. But I, I mean, I, it's truly authentic confidence that you see on that screen now. It's it's not like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, be someone I'm not. And if you ask any of my friends how I joke around on the zoo, how I talk, they, that's just how I am. I, I love to have a good time. I love to laugh and I love to, you know, make I, a big part of me is I want to make sure everyone's having a good time. You know, I, I don't want to be out there and like everyone's like, you know, people are fighting and screaming, even when. We have fans of other teams. It, it, you'll always see me try and mediate it. Like, no, they're here. They're just enjoying the game. Yeah, we can make some jokes, but, you know, they're at a baseball game. We're all just trying to have fun. And if anything ever gets out of hand, you know, calm the situation down and figure it out. I like it. I like it. I just wanted just a, just one more thing. Just I wanted to, because of your diverse mind, I just wanted to ask you just a few radar pop culture questions 
okay. and history on your opinion. And okay. we're just going to show your opinion out here. So here yep. we go. First, I wanted to ask you, best place to get a slice of pizza in New York City? Prince Street Pizza, Prince Street, New York. Prince Street Pizza, Prince Street, New York. Wow, I would say the same thing. You get that perfect square, those big pepperonis. Oh, square. Unbelievable. Can you tell me your Mount Rushmore cereals? Of cereals? Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge cereal guy growing up, but I can give you my my favorites. Reese's Puffs. Classic. Cookie Crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, Raisin Bran Crunch. Raisin, really? And you're it. not a boomer saying that, huh? Yeah, I, I like love it. it. But Raisin Bran Crunch. Oh, Crunch, Crunch. Yes, that that uh, I have to make that a, a, a difference right there. Big difference. And then, uh, oh, um, maybe uh, the Oreo one. Yeah, maybe. the Oreo. I don't know if they even make those anymore, but I yeah. know what you're talking about. For me, I would say Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay. Cheerios, regular Cheerios, Lucky Charms. Okay. And then Fruity Pebbles, even though I know every time I'm just adding all that sugar. But what can I say? It's a great gift. Good list. What's the best baseball movie? Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yep. Obviously, the classic Kevin Costner. Even though it's a movie, but it's really a movie about father and son. About I mean, like, look, my I love Sandlot. I love Major League. I love Moneyball. But Field of Dreams, when you get down to it, I mean, Sandlot kind of is that baseball movie that is like your childhood baseball love. Of so baseball. nostalgic. Absolutely. And I love it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But Field of Dreams, to me, the music, the story, the meaning behind it, right? When you think of baseball, um, just the idea that baseball can be played anywhere. Um, the connection yeah, of right. fathers and sons. I mean, how many people out there uh, can have that story of their their dad, their grandparent, um, love of baseball, right? Um, family connection, right? You know, everyone mm-hmm. um, has that 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 love somehow. Um, and uh, I, I think that the the deeper meaning of it is, you know, people will come, and uh, you know, the time. I'm not trying to. Uh, continuously bring it back to the zoo but the other day my mom yeah, we feel free no i uh, i was talking with uh my mom and like you know sometimes it's not all sunshine and rainbows a rocky quote right there like you know i'm trying to build this brand and i i'm never gonna lie to people and tell them it's always easy it, it, it's you know things aren't going my way a lot of the time and I, i'm trying to be positive and optimistic and it seems like sometimes your dreams are getting farther out of reach when you're really really trying and uh, i i think a lot of people relate to that and i've i've experienced that the past couple months for a variety of reasons and i just continued continuously push forward and in the past couple of weeks i've uh you know i i, I haven't been down on it uh per se but you know you get frustrated and my mom will say my mom said to me uh recently people will come she was quoting field of dreams she said people will come you know you build it people will come and uh i that really meant a lot to me i was like you know what mom you're right that's as wholesome as it gets man i know how you feel sometimes you just make content busting out chills all the time it's it's i realize how human and normal it is every time not that you doubt yourself but you're like man sometimes it, it could be a lot but then you realize that's when I realized the importance of deep breaths or just like I this is my I took my first week off in about like eight months just 
to rejuvenate and be better. You need that. And it just makes yourself better. And it's okay to, to feel all types of emotions. Just remember your ultimate goal. Well, I mean, you, you've been doing this for a couple of years, right? Like you, That's you right, about two and a half years and you've seen it grow, right? Like you've seen it, you know, continuously step up and, you know, you, you're trying. And, uh, I mean, I can relate to that. I, I had a podcast and I, I did a podcast called get up and get better. And, uh, even me on my end, I'm trying to grow and grow. And when I did the podcast, I got literally, I would make 30 minute episodes and get four views like on YouTube. Mm. And if you look it up, it's like, I, I, I still remember what it was like to, to have no one watching. And sometimes I put out videos that no one's like really picking up on. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, it's a continuous fight. It's never going to change, but you got to love the journey as much as the result. Oh yeah. And well, we have your support if you ever want to delve back into that. And it's also never too late either. Podcast game. All right. Especially with the with just grow of the zoo. And like I said, ultimately I want this podcast to be a network and it is a solid 10 year plan. And you have, you have a better podcast voice than me. Oh, how can I compete with you? We'll we'll both appreciate the great voices God's gave and gave us, Absolutely. and you know we just just put it out there. And because the more you grow, it's always practice. I'm a business beast who's making literally tens of millions of dollars. He said he really didn't start monetizing until his 400th video. 400. That's that is a lot. So that's 217 right. here. Well, I guess we're we're halfway there. But regardless, yeah. we're doing it because 217. That's impressive. Thank you, thank you. This will be two eighteen, but yeah, um, Johnny Damon. <laughs> yes, sir, Johnny Damon. I can't think of any other Yankees at eighteen. Right. Johnny Damon and Jeter well, two eighteen. There we go. There we go. Exactly. And yeah, we we do it because I like talking with people like you. I like practicing this craft, and it's only going to lead to better things. Yeah. There's a few more of these pop culture questions. Um, okay. What was one of the most disappointing movies you ever saw from start to finish. I, I literally, the one movie that just popped in my head when you asked the question was Superman versus Batman. Superman um, versus Batman, the Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Like, I was so excited for that movie. I was so excited. I thought it was going to be great. And it was just not good at all. And it <laughs> was, I mean, I was just like, what what the hell was that like it wasn't it made no sense it was just like a disaster of a so film. dark it was a real dark movie like literally I mean, you can't even that, see it you could like oh i thought it was gonna be a little bit better um movie i saw recently that wasn't disappointing i thought it, it actually deserved a little bit more love the more i thought about it babylon um yeah this the the damien chazelle damien chazelle i'm a huge funny you fan. say that um it was great yeah. I thought it would be a little bit better, but it, thinking about it more, it was great. Exactly. So when I did my Oscars pod and okay. I told him, I told Chris Bailey, who's my correspondent, who's just on Law and Order. Um, and uh, and he's also going to be in Jennifer, new, the new Jennifer Lawrence movie that's coming out in June. He has a bit part and a speaking role. So we appreciate Chris yeah. Bailey. So I told him the most disappointing movie for me was Babylon because of this large scale proven director, amazing cast. But sometimes it was, I just felt it was a little too much. It was, I thought it was too long. I thought there was too many storylines and characters to keep up with. Yeah. Um, aesthetically, I loved it and I just love any period piece. But also, you if you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah, very absolutely. similar plots. This is 
the twenties, this is the sixties of just yeah. you have one up and coming star, one star um on the decline and one trying to figure it out. So having Brad all Boy, those things Harper come Robbie together. Yeah, is it funny how that works? But I just like you said, I just thought it'd be better, but I still thought it was a good movie. I just wanted it to be great. I love the music. Oh man, classic. Love that beat, that um the yeah. that swing um jazz feel. Pretty great stuff. And probably the most disappointing movie I saw. We're gonna get real indie on this. I yeah. saw a movie called um I saw a movie called uh a documentary actually. It was called uh Meet Me in the Bathroom. It was about the early 2000s indie rock scene post 9-11. Like this was when pretty much it was about, you know how there was that real move that, that um, what's the word I'm looking for? But all people moved to Brooklyn in the 2000s, you know, starting that trend because it died down a little. Well, remember people around our age started moving to Brooklyn. It was pretty much about that and the music scene. So they're talking about the Strokes, LCD sound system, you know, bands like that. And I really wanted to learn that fuss was. And it was just all over the place. I just felt it was a real collage instead of a documentary with a story. But it was still interesting footage and you know. If you wanna if you wanna watch a good documentary, I just watched uh Facing uh, Nolan, Nolan Ryan documentary. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. That's on Netflix. Um, I heard good things about it. And the Reggie Jackson doc was really good. Reggie was great. And then uh, the Willie Mays one just came out as well. That was great. Yes. I watched it with my dad. Loved that one. And Facing awesome. um, Nolan was great. I believe it. I've heard good things about it. The baseball doc. Nothing beats a good sports doc. Nothing. Entertaining. Oh. Now, just two more questions about pop culture. There are eight Rocky films. Techn- well, right. Well, three Creed. Six there Rocky, are nine. There are nine Rocky films. You got to tell me which one's the best. Rocky two. Well, okay, wait. wait Ooh, wait. I like that wild card wait. pick. The best is Rocky one. My favorite is Rocky two. My ranking is Rocky two, Rocky one, Rocky four, Rocky mm-hmm. three, Creed, um, Rocky Balboa, Creed two, uh, Creed three, Rocky five. That's like my favorites. But best made. I think you go Rocky one, Creed one, Rocky two, Rocky Balboa, and then it can kind of move around the the month. Like I, there, there's so many different conversations you could have in that. Right. I, I absolutely love the Rocky and the Creed movies. I I, I think both of even Creed three was phenomenal. Um, so I have to of, see that. It showed a lot of respect to to the Rocky franchise. I thought Michael B. Jordan did a great job. Jonathan Majors was outstanding. Um, but Rocky Two to me, uh, kind of. I mean, Rocky One is not is the greatest film ever made. It's nothing in my mind. I mean, Godfather, you could have a conversation because I was. <laughs> but a ha- happy birthday, Al Pacino, by the way. Yeah, um, I saw that. Eighty three years old. Look at that. Happy. Happy birthday to Al Pacino. I just saw for the first time. Ever see him in the movie Cruising? No. It's a very, very dark movie. I oh, thought it was good. So just before you get any point, it's about it's 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 actually it's about an undercover cop. Okay. Who is trying to catch this serial killer who's targeting gay men in like the meatpack district, like like the leather scene in the late seventies. Okay. And he goes undercover to try to infiltrate him. And it's a very intriguing film about like 
morals and and um how your how your environment influences you it's also it's only 100 minutes so you can easily knock it out very very good but um, I mean, you were- Al Pacino's uh I mean you have Godfather Scarface and Heat Heat is an underrated Al Pacino Yes movie. it is underrated best uh, shootout scene of all times in that oh man it was uh, it's outstanding so anything Pacino does uh, Jack and Jill Perko, uh you, you got you got so many he's a legend so. Dude, the Jack and Jill, even though I know it's a terrible oh, movie. Jack and Jill, Duncatino? But yes, that makes me laugh every time. And then he says, earn this to Adam Sandler. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I love but you were back to the Rocky franchise. Oh, yeah. No. Um. So, yeah, Rocky one's the greatest. Uh, but for the reason I love Rocky two so much is because Rocky one, he just wants to go to the distance. Right. And we all want to go the distance. Uh, and you can say, like, I want to go to the distance. Um, that's all I want in life. But once you go the distance, you want to win. Like, it's that's 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 humanity. You want to be a winner at the end of the day. And he 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 starts fighting for the right the right reasons. I mean, uh, the love of his life supports him. Uh, mm-hmm. His trainer is on board. And he I, I love the training montage in Rocky two for two reasons. Rocky two. He there's two two things that I love the most in the park. You've seen Rocky too, I assume. Oh yeah, when I've seen the all park, the, the I've seen them all except Rocky uh, Creed three, which I plan to okay. see. Uh, so in Rocky two, when he's in the park during the training montage and he has the log on his back and he drops it and he, he takes a break and then the da 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 that music cues in. No one is watching him in the park. He could give up. There, there's no one watching. You just as the audience member are seeing it. So I, I love that he picks it back up with no one watching, like just like Rocky one, when he gets back up with the entire world watching to me, I think you tie those together and that that's a huge lesson. Like with anyone's watching or no one's watching, you put in the same amount of work and then Rocky two, all, all the kids running behind him and he is leading the mm-hmm. way for the entire world. I mean, that, that, that short sprint that he does to the rocky steps with the, the shot and then it expands out and you see the, the every kid behind him to me that 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 symbolizes uh what the greatest character that's ever been written is all about rocky so it doesn't get as better any better than the rocky franchise and you know well it's one of the few movie franchises that really you know, grab the culture and like really can bring a family together. Like that's the one of the few movie franchises. Like this is like a true family movie. Like the Rocky franchises for me. You know, maybe Star Wars for others or um, stuff like that. But um, yeah, really, the Rocky movies are are special. And one of the most underrated movie lines ever is in Rocky Two when he says, "Yo, Adrian, I did it." Yep. Uh, big smile every time. Well, it's also uh, Talia Shire's birthday. And happy oh, is it really? Yes, it is. No way. Happy Adrian, birthday to happy her. Happy birthday. The two, the two Godfather stars, huh? Yeah. Yep. Connie. Yes. Um, I will. Then you know what's funny about Rocky Four? Okay. It is, I think, my a lot of people. Now, fundamentally, if you're looking at it as a film, it's not really that good. It's only, mo- it's like, a few okay. scenes, mud montages. It's amazing, but, but because the only thing that matters is that the fans like it. Exactly. That's what. Let's let me put it this way. Let's. My film professors wouldn't like Rocky Four, if you know what I mean. Okay. Like I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But, oh yeah, but it's a fun movie. Like I like it. 
and it's it'll fast, but and it you know Rocky Ivan Drago versus Rocky Balboa, one of the greatest fiction moments in the history of fiction battles ever. And I just that's just always one of the most fun watches you can have. Well, I'll just say this: your film professors are wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm, I would. I wish I could say it to their face with some of them, especially. Ah, uh-huh, man. My final question for you, Jake, before we uh, wrap it up, is about a lot of great Yankees specifically. You know, you mm-hmm. made you mentioned the list before. Who haven't you met yet that you would love to? And you would. I'll, you could pick three Yankees who you would love to meet and maybe have a dinner with them and just talk it out. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, so I mean, I, I've met. I'm so grateful that I met so many Yankees. Uh, the the two that come to mind that I haven't met yet are Andy Pettit and Jorge. Uh, those are mm. the two biggest guys that I haven't met yet. Um, so I I would love to meet them. I mean, they're part of the core four. I, I loved Pettit, love Posada. I've gratefully met Jeter, <laughs> met Mariano a couple times. So I'd say that the list has has kind of came down to. Uh, Jorge and Andy. Uh, now, all time three Yankees. I want to go to dinner with. It's it's going to be number one, Derek Jeter. Um, number two might be a little bit up for debate, but I want to talk to Thurman Munson. I I I just think he's a really wow. interesting character in Yankees history. Yeah, Mantle, Babe Ruth. You know you're gonna have a good time with them, right? You know it's gonna be a fun night. But if, if I want to, <laughs> I, I feel like I have a lot of conversations starters that I'd want to have with Thurman about being a captain, uh, being a family man. Uh, I mean, what what the stories you hear about him are very very fascinating. And yeah, like go to Cleveland in the middle of series is fly out there just to see his that- family. I mean, that that sounds like a guy I want to talk to. Um, and then lastly, uh, Joe DiMaggio, uh, because I want to know what it was like to be the most famous athlete on earth and to be married to the most famous person on earth. I think that's yeah, interesting in a world pre social media. Oh, and like, God, I can't even imagine as luxury as it got. That's another thing you can say with Mickey Mantle, too. He's as big as he, he was, as big as it got in the 50s. And the funny thing you say about Thurman, too, and he arguably helped start, he was the very first piece in turning the Yankee franchise around. I mean, they were as bad as it could get in the late 60s, early 70s, and it all really started with him. And, yeah. you know, rest in peace, and uh, he'll never be forgotten. Be a special one there, and yeah, Good I think I, though. yeah, I would love I to use meet it on the zoo. If you're okay with that, oh, you have my permission. You okay. have it here. We have it on. Um, Sounds good. Have it on camera for it, and yeah, I, I, I think I would love to meet Jeter. I'd love to meet Aaron Judge, and I also like to would love to meet Mickey Mantle too. You know, I know those are three easy three. ones, but I've I, that's who I have a lot to say okay. for those guys. Yeah. And, you know, we'll put an honorable mention with A-Rod. I would just love a real honest conversation. Yeah. And, like, maybe that conversation would be better in another 10, 15 years, you know, with a very complicated relationship he has with the Yankee fan base and stuff. But we know 2009 is not possible without him. I would love to to speak and kick it with him. And, um I'd also like to talk with Yogi Bear. Well, I'll achieve a little. Oh yeah, that 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 he's got to be on there too. I feel like that's that's hard. His his uh, journey around baseball was that documentary's coming out too. Yeah, and also World War II was in the battle. He was 
on D-Day, like, I mean, that's already a hero in itself. And then Absolutely. what a story. And I like the connection with him and Phil Rizzuto. And yep. like, they would hang out, you know, once they got into um, even um, all the way so, to the end. So yeah, he was in like uh, assisted living. He would go play cards yeah. every day. Isn't that as, as gritty as it gets? That just shows the, the, the bond that you can have as a teammate. Love it. Love it. Every single second of it. And I loved every single second of this conversation, Jake. I really appreciate you coming on. Tell us once again where we can find your content. The Bronx Zoo, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Jake Kozak on TikTok. We love it, Jake. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. And hopefully I get to see you really soon in person or here, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it very much, and I'll be back. Looking forward to the great Jake Kosak, everybody. Check him out. What a great, great episode. Jake Kozak, you killed it once again. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and share more about what makes you, you, with the greatest fans in the world, the Productive Nation. We appreciate you, Jake. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdCovaPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So we will be back at it tomorrow night. Live on YouTube, the Productive Cast. 8 p.m. on our YouTube page. We are live streaming the NFL draft from start to finish during the first round. You don't want to miss it. We're bringing on the Productive NFL crew. Maybe we have some special guests along the way as well. And we react to what could be a historic NFL draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will see you tomorrow. In case you missed it, don't forget to check out our YouTube page over the weekend and throughout as the live stream will be there for your viewing. And then we are going to turn the audio of that live stream and make it into a podcast as well. So we have a lot of fun things on the horizon and you don't want to miss a second of the action. And keep in touch with us throughout all our social media platforms to see what we are up to. So this is the last time this week I'll talk to you on the mic. We will return early next week to talk all things NBA. Check us out this Tuesday as we catch up and check in on the NBA playoffs, review the first round, preview the second round, and see what is going on and what is legitimately looking like a really fun NBA postseason. Then at the end of next week, we're bringing on Jeterman One, who is a content creator. He's a rapper, dancer. He is a influencer. Very funny, very entertaining, and very genuine dude. We'll talk to him at the end of next week. But yeah, this was a great show. Awesome job by everybody. I want to thank Jake Kozak for coming on and telling us what he's been up to. I want to thank Alex DeJesus for what he does as the associate producer for this show. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for always checking us out and always supporting us. You know how much I love each and every single one of you. And I'll continue to produce amazing content for you. Don't forget to check us out at 8 p.m. this Thursday 
We are doing the productive cast, and we are live streaming the NFL Draft. Check us out tomorrow, a.k.a. this Thursday at 8 p.m., April 27th, and we are going to break down the NFL Draft live and see where things go. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you on Thursday on YouTube, and we'll see you on Tuesday back here on the Productive Conversations Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations Podcast, and I'll see you on Tuesday. Much love, everybody. Have a great weekend. Peace.